Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Kedron Crosby. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're turning our focus on mindsets, and we're grateful to have Sarah Colantonio, a partner at Work Wisdom, joining us. The first question I want to ask you, Sarah, is, is why this work around growth mindsets or even mindsets in general is important to you. Can you tell me a little bit about your story and what led you to feel so compelled to share the work around mindsets with others? Yeah, sure. So you're the one who introduced me to this notion of growth mindset. And I, when I first learned about it, I got so excited because it was like breaking out of a prison. It was recognizing that there's a different way to look at the same situation that can be really empowering or exciting or even really positive. And so um, the, the introduction to it was um, had to do with reading about Carol Dweck, who is a researcher and who was really interested in how people respond to failure. How do they react when they mess up? And so she started by studying... Uh, looking at what ch- how children reacted to this. And so she um, had a group of children and she gave them a puzzle that was pretty challenging and they had to do the puzzle. And so it was, it was challenging, but they could do it and they felt pretty good about it. They accomplished it. And so that wasn't that surprising. But then she gave them a, a puzzle that was too hard for them. It was like beyond their intellectual capabilities and sat back to see how they responded to this. And so she was really amazed by uh, the the range of responses that, you know, some of the responses are pretty predictable. Like some of the kids um, were frustrated that they couldn't figure it out. And so she wasn't terribly surprised by that. Um, she was surprised by some of the kids who were who outright lied. They, they said, Oh, I have this puzzle at home and I've already done it. So I don't need to do it. And she, she was like, wow, that's amazing that they would invent this story. There's no way that that was true. Um, so that was interesting to her. Um, but the thing that really fascinated her was the children who seemed to be really excited about the challenge of this puzzle that they couldn't figure out. And so, you know, one kid was like, oh, I was hoping we would learn something today. And, you know, another kid was like, oh, I, you know, I was hoping I would be challenged today. And so even though they couldn't figure it out, they were just, they just dug in and, and worked harder. And, you know, they believed that they were learning um, as opposed to the kids that got frustrated or even the kids that outright lied and said, oh, yeah, I've already done this. And they were right. <laughs> they were right. They were learning. Um, and so that that outcome of that study really spawned uh, much more years of research uh, around this notion of growth mindset, uh, which is where people look at uh, an, an obstacle perhaps as an opportunity or a way to grow. 
And I love that because life is challenging, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. every day we it could be large or small, but we were confronted by things that we're uncomfortable with or we don't know how to handle or we don't know what to do. And instead of thinking of it as breaking us down, it's actually, oh, this is this is something that's strengthening me. This is something that's helping me learn. And um, so I, I love that notion. And and that's why I got obsessed with it, because I, I don't think that uh, instinctively I come from a growth mindset where if I'm faced with a problem, I think, oh, how, you know, how is this going to teach me? I think, oh, no, what am I going to do? So I think that's the biggest reason why I was so uh, I became so obsessed with this. Yeah, it reminds me of that quote. And I think it's Anthony DeMello where he says um, nothing is good or bad, but our thinking makes it so. Yeah. So when we're defining mindset or even growth mindset, how are we defining that? Well, you can think about growth mindset as a, it's a perspective and it is where you look at a situation as an opportunity for growth, for learning, for strengthening. So um, it could be anything. It could be some challenge at work, somebody that's, you know, a new boss that's really difficult to work with or, you know, perhaps like a budget issue or, um, you know, or maybe some really difficult feedback that you got um, from someone who's above you. And looking at that in instead of a defeated way in uh, an interested way, like what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? What can I take from this? And so in contrast uh, to a growth mindset where you look at a difficulty as a as an opportunity for growth, a fixed mindset, and Carol Dweck talks about this in her book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. She talks about a fixed mindset as this perspective or mindset where everything is fixed. So my level of intelligence, my ability, um, all of that is fixed. So for example, the kids that got, uh, the kids that lied about the, about the quit or about the puzzle, they, um, were, they were exhibiting a fixed mindset. So they probably were really smart kids. They had high IQs and identified as very intelligent. And so when faced with a puzzle that they couldn't solve, it was too difficult for them <laughs> to marry the idea that they couldn't do this thing. So they so they they lied about it. They said they didn't want to be associated with it. So in contrast, the growth mindset is curious and eager for those opportunities, those difficulties, because it leads to growth and it leads to learning and expansion and ultimately success. Yeah. And as you're talking about it, it makes me realize that really in order to grow in our mindsets, we need to face some of our our biases that yeah. are on rotation that we don't even recognize that we have. So those little kids who were maybe told that they were smart, uh, they had cognitive dissonance when there was information that came at them that was different from the identity that they held so closely, that they were smart. And, right. and that caused 
pain. So, you know, we could do a whole show. Maybe we should do a podcast just on on um, why we need to examine our mindsets, anchoring bias, the halo effect, confirmation bias, um, attribution error, implicit bias, in-group bias, blind spots, you know, (laughs) sunk costs, all of these are opportunities to examine our thinking and the loops that we have uh, going round and round that are often giving us the same result. So... Uh, I'm also really interested, the work of growth mindsets that Carol Dweck has done is fascinating. Uh, Cognitive reframing or cognitive restructuring has this very handy mnemonic device that often we share with our clients, which is a way to shift a mindset as well, the A, B, C, D, E. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, so we can start thinking about dissecting whatever our mindset is around some situation that's maybe um, not helping us have the greatest outcome. Mm -hmm. So A, you look at that activating event. Uh, B, then you think about what you believe about that activating Mm -hmm. event. And so you've got to examine that mindset, that belief about that activating event. And then C, See is the consequences that come from that belief. I was fascinated to think about this because the consequences don't really come from the activating event, right? But they come from how how we believe, what we believe about that activating yeah. event. And then D is disempowering or disputing that belief so that you get a different outcome. So if you can disempower whatever that belief is, you know, rather than that person doesn't respect me, maybe the belief is that person's having a bad day. <laughs> and it changes the consequence. Yeah. Um, and so then E is, you know, reaping the emotional uh, effects mm-hmm. of this new, um, this new way of being. So that's one mm-hmm. concrete way to shift um, a mindset through cognitive reframing or cognitive restructuring. Um, I'd love to hear about some concrete tools or practices that an organization or even a leader could adopt in order to really embrace growth mindset. Well, the first, maybe most obvious one is is learning about it. And so in a great way to do that is reading Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. And it's such an easy read. And it has tons of great case studies of people who either innately see the world from this growth mindset or have learned to adopt it. You know, one of the things that I think really pushed Dweck to to continue in these studies is that she also comes from kind of a fixed mindset, you know, really identify it as a very intelligent person and uh, capable and able. And so whenever she would be confronted with some kind of challenge, she was like, oh, you know, she would want, want to run away. But, but from doing this research, she's realized, oh, you know, there's another way to look at things. And so part of the book is really dedicated to, okay, if I don't innately have a growth mindset, what what can I do? What are ways that I can um, move forward and, and adopt a growth mindset? And and one of the biggest ways, of course, is through is is through learning about it. When you learn about it, I mean, that was the biggest thing for me was recognizing it was a thing, because we 
we can become so uh, wrapped up in our beliefs. Tara Brock, who's a psychologist and she's also a, a mindfulness teacher, she talks about this notion of it's real but not true. It feels so real to us, this belief. It just feels like it's the it's the most important th thing. It's so true. Um, but uh, but it's actually so it feels real, uh, but it's not true. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not helping us and uh, it's not moving us forward. So learning about it is a really big deal. I often uh, recommend this book to clients and to my students. And it's fun to see how excited they get kind of like I did <laughs> when they learn, oh, I can I can adopt this new perspective. Um, so yeah, read the book, <laughs> yeah. learn more about it. When I work with organizations, sometimes we encourage them to adopt the blameless postmortem. Right. So <laughs> when there's been something that one might call a failure, <laughs> yeah. that you really open up that cadaver of what that experience mm -hmm. was uh, with curiosity mm -hmm. in a blameless way where you investigate the gold mine of what happened in there. Yeah. And I feel like that's an organizational way that we adopt growth mindset with curiosity. I think, yeah, I think too, one of my friends who's a physicist talked about how in science it's, it's actually growth mindset is so important to science because you need to make those mistakes. You need to, you need to learn what doesn't work to get closer to the truth. And that's how you're peeling away at the answer and uh, so often, I think we get we get uh, bogged down in, in how horrible it is to make a mistake or not to know something. And uh, when that's that's where the um, it's it's almost like a trial by fire, but it's it's necessary uh, to strengthen and and to clarify things. So looking at looking at those obstacles, those challenges in a positive way, uh, in a growth mindset way, I, I think is really. It's cool. <laughs> it's yeah. really great. Well, we have this funny example also. A couple of weeks ago, we were doing a workshop with a fairly large oh, international yeah. corporation on mindsets. That's right. And afterwards, we asked for feedback, and we got some feedback. And, and what was the feedback? Well, the feedback, if I remember correctly, was that there was some discussion about the fact that we didn't have coffee or snacks, snacks available during the presentation and uh yeah yeah so <laughs> even even both of us who are practitioners of mindsets what was our first reaction well i i thought you know if we were men, I wonder if we would have gotten that feedback that we didn't have drinks and snacks, snacks. <laughs> available yeah. So at first I felt like we, we rejected that, yeah. you know, and we were yeah. just, there was, there was some colorful conversation <laughs> yeah. about that feedback, but then we took it, um, as valuable yeah. and we saw it as the gold mine and, and I've had snacks and drinks at every workshop I've conducted since then. Yeah. And people really like it. People like <laughs> snacks. Is that what we learned from it? But it took us a little bit of um, stepping away mm -hmm. and thinking about, you know, the activating event, the right. the belief that we had about that, you know, yeah. what are the consequences um, and sort of even how can we grow from yeah. that? Yeah. So... Is there one practice that you would encourage our listeners to adopt for themselves that would most significantly 
improve how they uh, manage their mindsets in a way that they'll have the most productive outcomes. So I would say this is involves a lot of self-examination, asking yourself questions. So when you have a success, you know, do you, where do you attribute that success? Do you um, put it all on yourself uh, and that you are wonderful and you figured this out on your own? Or how do you see that? And so then when you make a mistake, when you fail, again, where, where do you attribute that failure and examine your, your own thinking? Um, I, I actually, I, I was just looking on social media and I, there was a post that this guy was on a television at the airport and he, he was like, when you're on television in the airport and you're the only one watching it. And I kind of laughed and I thought, man, but you're on TV, man. <laughs> you know, that's pretty cool. So it's looking at your perspective, you know, am I looking at this as like, oh man, no one's, I'm on TV, but no one's watching it or I'm on TV, <laughs> you know? So asking those questions, like, where do I attribute my failure? Where do I attribute my success? How do I look at, um, the challenges that arise? Do I, do I see them as, uh, as a problem for me as, uh, I start to identify with, I can't do this. I'm a screw up. Uh, or do I see it as a, as a challenge? You know, I think about in the book, Dweck talks about Mia Hamm, who's this really talented, famous soccer player. And all growing up, she continually played on teams and with people that were older than her, stronger than her, better than her. And it pushed her to be better. So I think looking for those instances of, you know, how, how do I react, I think is really important. We do so much work in helping leaders become coaches. And part of mindsets that I have found to be incredibly valuable is the notion of rewarding effort. Right. Yeah. Um, when we, when we're trying to coach uh, an emerging leader or a high, per, a high performer, uh, rather than turn them into a diva by um, acknowledging their results all the time, rather focus on the effort that they put in, the creativity they put in, um, the resourcefulness that they put in. So that's also part of growth mindset that I have taken yeah. away as as really valuable. Well, thanks, Sarah, for being part of this movement of delivering concrete, helpful skills to leaders, teams, and organizations. Thank you, listeners, for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. You can stream our next episode where we dive into leadership derailers so that you can become better versions of yourselves. Please reach out through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press, Work Wisdom Productions. You can ask us questions and suggestions and make suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with One Minute Wisdom by Anthony DeMello. To newcomers, the master would say, knock and the door will be open to you. To some of them, he would later say conspiratorially, how would you expect the door to be opened when it was never shut? Mm-hmm.